Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of The Morning Stream is brought to you by Blue Chew. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code TMS at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code TMS to receive your first month free. Coming up on TMS, Sabrina, the teenage felony. Five pirate movies, six wives, eight recorder holes. Billionaires are people too, damn it. Weird birth smirk. Maybe we don't have to talk to people. Don't count the mouth hole. Divorced, behead, died was my Talking Heads cover band. I don't like frat boy party. Bob splaining science with the Frankenberger. Robert Plant has the biggest head. Real cats can't talk. Johnny Deptide Cake. How many wives got the axe? Discussing the 27-year itch with Wendy and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. But now the victory belongs to the Fantastic Four. Fool! Have you forgotten my invincible magnetic power? No mere weapon can stop me. With but a gesture, I can destroy it or turn it against you. Behold, now! Not this time, Magneto. This time I'm fighting for real. I'm interested in most phases of data processing. Fire-breathing dragons. This is The Morning Stream with Scott Johnson and Brian Ibbett. Big ol' freaking dirt blanket. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to TMS. That's right. The song doesn't lie. It's Thursday, May 6, 2021. I'm Scott Johnson. He's Brian Nibbett. I am, and he is. <laughs> and you are. <laughs> and you are. Or a viewer. And you are. What's that from? Wait. And you are. What's I don't know. From? Is it from something? Yes. And you are. And you are. Oh my gosh. And you are. <laughs> it just sounds like something that George Takei would say, right? And you are. A little bit. What am I thinking of? I don't know. Oh, that's going to weird know. me out for the rest of the day. Anyway, hey, uh, oh, welcome back yeah. to. Ow, my foot. Uh, welcome back to the show, everybody. We're back. <laughs> I, I pinched my toe in my chair, and it's a perfect start. To ah, a perfect day. yeah. Yeah, I felt pretty good. Um, we're doing yeah. a show, and that's right. Uh, you guessed it. It's Thursday. We got Wendy later. We got uh, a little bit of Bobby and some science coming up. Mm-hmm. Lots of fun stuff today scheduled mm-hmm. on the program. So much. Yeah. So much. But to start things, we have to do this. My dream machine is working perfectly. All right. I had a dream. I love that we now have a theme, a dream theme. <laughs> I had a weird one that had to be brought to the table. I've had a couple of weird ones lately, but I didn't bring them up on the show because they're not that different than most of my weird ones. But this one last yeah. night, boy, howdy. Uh, I'll try to explain. 
in the okay. dream, I was tasked by the highest levels of really world government, not just the United States, but everybody came together kind of UN style and tasked me with the important job of cutting up Johnny Depp and feeding him to everyone. <laughs> So the way it works was, <laughs> was he like a cake? Was he like a, a peptide cake with mint frosting? That would have been easier because then it would have been like kind of squared off and easier to sort of yeah, suck him. Yeah, cut, yeah. Yeah, right. instead I had to like, you know, it was a body. It was him. It was Johnny Depp. And he's alive the whole time. And he's laying on his back uh-huh. naked. Let's, let me point that oh, out. Oh, well. All yeah, right. don't know what that's about. Uh, no scissor hands, but he's of the age of around then. That's what he looks okay. like. All right, kind of twenty one post twenty one Jump Younger, Street, early right? Exactly yeah. pre pirates. Yes, pre pre uh, now now that he's in his raisin phase, but you know way before that. Um, <laughs> it's raisin phase. <laughs> anyways, laying I mean, there back when we all still like Johnny Depp, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So he's laying on this big slab, you know, like a stone slab, and he's just sort of, you know, in repose there, and he's alive, and the goal is, according to my mandate, was you've got to cut him up, and and everybody needs a piece. All seven billion of the world's population needs a piece of Johnny Depp. (laughs) And I felt a lot of pressure, because that's a lot of subsection of Johnny Depp. Like, I'm going to run out. Uh, probably in the first 50 people like i don't know how small to make this stuff yeah exactly i mean to be able to divide johnny depp into uh and and you got to do it equally right you can't give you know this person the whole butt cheek you've got to (laughs) really yeah oh yeah you can't give them a whole butt cheek that is way too much for one person wow so um the dream never had any real resolution it was just the process and the stress of trying to section him up in a way that I could fulfill this duty. And I, if I, I don't remember this very well, but it seems like maybe I was going to be hung or something if I didn't do it right. Mm-hmm. So there was all this pressure, personal pressure. I'm going to get killed. Uh, massive social pressure to get everybody a piece of Johnny Depp. Sure. <laughs> and then Johnny Depp himself, who's laying there kind of taking this, you know, like he, he's not having any fun. So uh, it was weird. It was very so, weird. A little bit of analysis. Yeah. Could Johnny Depp somehow represent the vaccine and you're trying to get the world vaccinated? (laughs) Like, because right now the world has a job and it's to get everybody vaccinated. And maybe Johnny Depp is the vaccine. Uh, Maybe. Okay. Let's say that you're right. It's a (laughs) good front for this common idea that everybody, the more... The more people we get vaccinated, the better, the closer we get to herd immunity, the better off we are and the more normal things can get, right? Mm -hmm. Right, right. But why is he the stand-in? Like, why is it Johnny Depp that that stands in for the the vaccine? And and B, why am I involved at all? I don't know why I'm in this at all. Yeah, why are you the the Fauci? Uh, Johnny Depp. And which part of him is the Moderna? Which part of him is the Pfizer? Because right. it's clear which part of him is the Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and that's the other thing. Maybe it's because I was reading. <clears throat> there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, you know the conspiracy minded among us. You know the the QAnon types and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, they're seeing all sorts of um, magic in the uh, Bill Gates uh, Melinda Gates divorce uh, because okay. they already think he's. 
uh, part of the deep state and also God, right, right. With that stuff. he's you know injecting the he's he's behind the microchip that's getting uh, yeah injected into yeah. our he made it in his yeah. lab or something i don't know what they think right. but uh-huh. yeah um him and his <laughs> him and his wife getting divorced after 27 years long long freaking time mm-hmm. um and it sounds like it's not a very happy divorce there toward the end so i don't i you know again oh, these are really? it turns out they're they may be billionaires but they're you know they're people in the at the end yeah, of the day of course um so who knows what's going on but conspiracy theorists have decided that this is all a sign of something like she's getting out now that she's learned about the devious of course yeah you know, a cabal of whatever bullshit people believe. Um, I was just reading about that yesterday before bed. So maybe that carried over. Oh. But again, Johnny Depp, I don't know the last Johnny Depp movie I saw. I don't know the last mm-hmm. reference I saw to him. I can't think of anything in my life in the last three years that had anything to do with Johnny Depp. Even yeah. on the show, we don't talk about him. We. It's funny because uh, two nights ago at Trivia, we actually had a question about how many... Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies there have been because we had a we had a big math problem as the final thing it was um, how many uh, UN recognized countries begin with the letter Z how many oh that sounds hard how many uh, Johnny or I mean how many uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies there have been Um, six right or five four Right. See, we were doing the same thing. I was able to definitively, definitively come up with four, and I forgot about the. I don't know how I forgot about the damn Javier Bardem uh, deal from a couple, a uh, uh, couple of years ago. Oh, right. That Stranger Tides thing. I remembered the yeah. the original trilogy, and I was like, oh yeah, there was one after that with Penelope Cruz, and so there's four. But um, then the the third one was how many wives uh, Henry the Eighth. And the final one was how many holes are there on a recorder, like on a, you know, the. Oh, my recorder. sister, uh, my sister's fake flute from school. Yeah, that thing. Right, your sister's fake flute. Yeah, her fake <laughs> flute. The, like the easy flute to, uh, uh, easiest flute, flute to play. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, two, two Z's. Because only two. That's only two. Um, Zaire. Let's see. You know what? It, it's uh, Zambia, Zimbabwe are still recognized Zambia, by con- uh, recognized as countries. Zaire is now a part of the Republic of Congo. Congo, right? Um, five, <clears throat> five pirates movies, um, five. six wives, and eight holes on a recorder. Eight holes. On eight a finger holes. Eight finger holes. Not, not the, you don't count the mouth hole or the <laughs> output hole. The exit hole. Okay. Yes, the exit hole. Wow, those are hard. Everything you just said is hard. I wouldn't have known any of those. I don't think <laughs> you would have gotten the you would have gotten the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I might have if I really thought yeah. about it and then pushed it through my head and went, "All right, well, I remember." You know what's mm-hmm. weird? You know, always talk about how I associate movies with years. I remember the first movie came out in twenty two thousand three. I don't know why I remember that. Mm. Yeah, because you remember years. You're really, really good with years. Yeah, if there was like really a weird. a trivia game where we had to name. Uh, the year that a movie came out, uh, you'd, you'd do great. Actually, oh, there is, it. you know, yeah. um, Countdown or Spotlight or whatever it is, the uh, Buzz Time trivia yeah. has a whole part of it that's like, they tell you uh, the most popular song, the most popular movie, some event, and then you have to name the year, and you'd do, you would kill at that. Yeah, I don't know why that's a thing in me. Uh, the the Henry VIII one, what was the answer on that? Six, How, six wives. Six wives, okay. Did they all get the axe or just a couple of them nope. there? Okay. Uh, just a couple of them. Um, there was, there's an easy way. God, what? Are, there's like a mnemonic device for remembering. 
Oh, no way. Really? Yeah. And I can't remember what it is. It's the sad for a mnemonic Gene device. Not to remember the mnemonic was George device. George and like, Larry was thing and the stuff went, cut their head off. It's like uh, uh, beheaded, divorced, beheaded. It is right there. Divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived. That's right. Because then it rhymes, right? Oh, divorced, then, beheaded, died, okay. divorced, beheaded, survived. Um, Claire, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest that the... The two that were beheaded also died. Yeah, they passed away. So really, divorced, died, died, divorced, died, survived. <laughs> yeah, they they ended their lives there. I think. Right. Uh, what What's hard about that though is if you don't know what their names are, then that just sounds like that's the order. But I don't know who they are. I have no idea who they are. Like which one's right. Anne Boleyn? She's she's one of the head ones, right? She got their head cut off. Yeah, I think so. Queen uh, Anne, I think suck so. Suck it in, suck it in, suck it in. If you're in Tintin or Anne Boleyn. Oh, there it is, yeah. Remove unless you win. And then begin to see what you're doing to me. This MTV is not for free. It's so PC, it's killing me. <laughs> on the so tutors, on the tutor, she was played by that um Natalie Dormer. She's great. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I like her a lot. Yeah. That's the first time I'd ever seen her, and I thought, man, she's rad. She'll do more things. Mm-hmm. Sure mm-hmm. enough, she has. She's done. And she things. did. Yeah. She's got that weird birth smirk, I like to call it. She does, yeah. yeah. Right. That would born. be that would be difficult, uh, if you were dating or married to her, right? To like something wrong? What did I just yeah. say? Something? Yeah. Or, what's Are you okay? Up? Just you, feeling sarcastic? You got or? that look on your face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a birthmark. You just, right. You, it's you, like you came out as a baby, going, <laughs> and everyone went, "Oh boy, here we go." Smirk. It's like, oh, okay. Well, here I made spaghetti for both of us. Well, why are you smirking about it? Should I not eat this? Is there something about the spaghetti <laughs> that I shouldn't eat? <laughs> birthmark. Yeah, birthmark. Uh, all right. Also. Brian was cranky. Yes. Why? Why are you cranky? <laughs> I was cranky. So uh, Claire, Claire, number one, uh, didn't hear me thank her earlier. So I'm going to thank her now because she was very, very helpful um, with giving me information about Belfast. Because last night I was going through the process of booking our hotels and bed and breakfasts and all that stuff for the Ireland trip. And um, uh, my the way I do things is usually like looking on the, the, the travel sites that I trust, um, discoverer, Condé Nast, things like that, and do searches for, um, uh, Ireland and then just say, Oh, okay, here's, here's one that this guy recommended, or here's another one that this guy stayed at and said was really cool. Barring that, when you go to a new, a new town that doesn't have, um, a discoverer article about it, you've kind of got to go to, my go-to is kayak kayak.com mm-hmm. and i do a search in the area and then i just look at the reviews on the hotels because usually that's where you get the the honest truth everybody says oh lavish uh luxurious beds with soft pillows and quiet surroundings and then mm-hmm. you read the reviews and it's like uh six flights of stairs to get up to our room and uh yep. no parking at all the worst like so yeah yep. never trust that stuff. so so i started i started um kayak and so here, here's the, let me set the scene. Uh, I'm sitting on the couch. Tina's over in her chair. She's got a table pulled in front of her. She's doing a jigsaw puzzle. And the TV is showing us the final season, uh, the final four episodes of Snowpiercer season two, which gotcha. we're watching. Yeah. I have a thing I want to ask you about that, but I'm going to save it for a different day because it's a long conversation about the dude who plays the main guy that was also in Hamilton. Oh yeah, D- uh, David. Uh, what is his name? Uh, I forget. But I just think he's horribly. David Diggs. I think, David he's, Diggs. I think he's horribly miscast. But I want to have that. Dis- we'll talk about it a different time. Sure. 
Anyway, sure. continue on. Continue all right. On. So, um, so I'm thinking, all right, well, I'll just knock out a few hotels, get this taken care of, and then I can watch Snowpiercer. But here's the thing. Yeah. You go through Kayak, and then Kayak gives you a list of hotels. And you read through the hotels, and you say, oh, this one has good reviews. It's in the price range we want. It's in the part of town we want to stay in, close to the things we want to see while we're there. Uh, great. Book. Redirecting you to booking.com. It's like, oh, okay, all right, well, booking.com, whatever. Redirects <laughs> me over to booking.com. Yeah. Which then opens in a tiny little window in front of the kayak app because I'm doing this on the iPad. So now I've got the big kayak app with like, uh, you know, all the beautiful pictures of this hotel. Yeah. And then this little tiny little screen mm. that is the booking.com uh, load in into kayak. Okay. It's like so a plug in like, kind of. And, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm having to like type in my credit card information i create an account on booking.com i put save my information there so i don't have to enter it anytime every time and book the first hotel great okay let's move on to the other one close a little booking square and then back to kayak uh oh this one looks good let's do this one and uh pick that one and then it opens another freaking teeny tiny window oh you need to be redirected to orbits on this one I'm like oh my god all right are well, they fine. all partners or is this just like uh, i don't know it's why they're using it is like the like yeah they're all partners but it's like for whatever reason kayak just can't let you book on kayak well it does on on one of the hotels we're staying there for like eight nights or nine nights so oh, i see um so then it redirects to the orbits tiny little screen again create an account Put in my credit card information. I'm like, ah, all right, it's just getting frustrating. Sure. So I'm doing this over and over and over again and trying to get these things booked. And each one is taking a lot longer than I want it to because for whatever reason, booking.com is not saving my credit card information. So I have to keep re-entering that in. Great. Uh, Orbitz is not saving my credit card info. So I have to keep ordering that again or entering that again. And then Tina from her jigsaw puzzle looks over or looks up at the screen and says, oh, well, how did that character get put in there? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I've been buying tickets for buying hotels for the last hour. And a half. <laughs> oh, Tina was very quiet to me for the rest of the evening. <laughs> Uh, she, she would be giving me the uh, the Natalie Dormer birthmark for the rest of the evening. By the way, um, using Booking.com for other stuff that Kim, I, Kim yeah. and I did about a year ago, it also didn't yeah. save my credit card information, and that was on a desktop on Chrome. So Cla Claire, keep it. Claire, keep it shut. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with his so iPad. Rare. Who cares? It should just work. It should just freaking work. And I woke up this morning, got into my email, and I had. Uh, one that I didn't think went through, and I was just going to rebook later today for uh, Cork, the town of Cork, uh, which floats, by the way. I hear. Is it Cork? Um, it is Cork, right? Cork. C-O-R-K. Okay. C -O -R -K, Cork. Right. I want to go there. Uh, yeah, I imagine. Uh, they, don't, they have no problem sealing bottles in that town. <laughs> um, and the, the, the hotels that I didn't think that I had gotten through because i got no confirmation like the screen as soon as i said book this place it disappeared so i'm like all right well i'll just do that one on the desktop tomorrow and i woke up this morning and i had two of the same hotel booked for the same night for the same room <laughs> so i was like all right well back over to this site to to cancel one of those fortunately everything is everything is like fully refundable fully cancel cancelable in case uh something comes up yeah some new strain of covid wipes us out or something oh well the good news is moderna mr moderna over there yeah uh they have some data back now that moderna is effective 
against that one they were really worried about from oh, South America. Really? Yeah, the South American strain is yeah. real bad, cool. I guess. And they say that it's uh, showing uh, full resistance to it. So, hmm. so that's good. Um, nice. The chat room doesn't seem to understand the state of iPads these days. I think they don't understand. They think that this is 2010 and we're still using an iPad 1, which is basically an iPhone at the time. Uh, <laughs> Brian has a keyboard. It has a full keyboard. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you can play. You can use Chrome on there just like any other browser. You can use Firefox and Edge keyboard, and others. Right, all that stuff. Uh, play, it works like a notebook, and uh, mm-hmm. it saves your information when you do stuff like credit card information on any other site. So calm down. <laughs> exactly, yes. Yeah, uh, my kayak bookings, totally fine. That saved my credit card information. I did book a couple hotels via um, via kayak. Yeah. Let's not give these websites too much damn credit is what I'm saying. They've got That's problems. right, exactly. Uh, all right. Let's do this. Plus, you don't want Chrome saving stuff. They keep everything. It saves everything. I do Brave and Safari. Yes. Brave Those are my good. two. Brave's based on the Chromium engine anyway, so you're fine. So yep, may, may exactly. as well use just like using it. So just but shields are up on Brave. Shields up. Yeah, shields up. Keep them out. Get them in. Put it in. Stick it out. All right. Hey, uh, Brian was a little cranky, but he's not now, and that's good because we're about to bring in a guest. Yeah. Hold on, Dead Wally says Apple only allows one browser; all others are wrappers around it. <laughs> no, this is not true. That's not I true. I have Chrome and Safari and. I think even a third browser on my iPad that I never use, but I have Edge, <laughs> Safari, Chrome. Yeah. Oh, not, I know what he's saying. Rappers. The the engine inside he's he's right that the engine underneath is is based on the whatever that's the WebKit stuff. He's right. Oh, the WebKit stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it is but like syncing across browsers and using features that are based on those browsers and plugins and stuff, it's all in there. That's all in there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. WebKit. Look, when you're in a room full of Apple haters, there's really nothing you can do. <laughs> it doesn't matter know, what you I say. I know, I know. I fell into the trap, Scott. I, I fell into the trap. It doesn't matter what Help you say. Me. I like Android. There, look at us. We we There's my uh, olive yeah. leaf. Y'all yeah. going to keep doing that? <laughs> All right, here goes. Here. Surface laptop sitting next to me. That I oh, probably should have used yesterday to book hotels. Well, there, there you go. <laughs> Let's play this now. Where is it? I lost it. Crap. Where's our, there it is. I think science is cool. Uh, hey, you know how I know it's cool? It's because Bobby comes on the show on Thursdays and we talk a little bit about cool science. Bobby Frankenberger, everybody, welcome back to the program. Hey, how is everyone doing? I had a quick question that is apropos of nothing. Is that something you guys allow on this show? Yes. Yeah, we allow. Talking about we, something we do allow that is and, non and weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know when we require it. <laughs> <laughs> you know when there's a smiley, you make a smiley face with a colon and a closed parentheses. Yeah, sure. I'm educating yeah. you, by the way. Gotcha. Um, Thanks. Bob, explain it to us. Emotes with yeah. Bobby. <laughs> Bob, explain it. Uh, what does it mean when you have like? Five closed parentheses. Oh yeah, like a like what a. What does that mean? Eyes that like and then double grin, chins. Grin, grin, grin. I think it's like <laughs> super smiley face, but they don't always, want to use the effort of doing a D. No. I always read it as like multiple chins. <laughs> yeah, one, two, three. Yeah, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten chins. That's exactly like right. the one Miravina just put in chat. Yeah, it does. It looks like uh, like you're getting a smile from Jabba the Hutt. What you're getting. <laughs> Or my, right. my Aunt Susan. Anyway, hey. <laughs> Hi. Uh, Bobby, welcome back. It's good to have you here, man. I feel like it's been uh, ages. How you been? You doing all right? Yeah, well, you know, there's that once a that month Australian. Australian. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, we let the Australian in, just messes everything up. Our, and then, our monthly Australian. That's right. But uh, it's good to have you back. Bobby, of course, uh, comes on here and we talk about stuff going on in the science world. As a science podcast, we'll, uh, we'll get to toward the end of this. But today we're going to talk about the fact that, and I think this might be true, people are starting to trust computers more than they trust humans. Yeah, at least in certain circumstances, that's what some research has been showing. I feel that way a lot of times. There's a lot of people I don't freaking trust, but I'll trust my computer <laughs> to get something done. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Did, did a person come up with this survey or did a computer come up with this uh, survey? The real question is, do you care? I do, because if, <laughs> if a person came up with a survey, I'm not trusting it at all. Yeah, forget <laughs> but, it. But if a, if a computer came up with a, some research that shows that you yes. should trust it more... Yeah. Then you definitely <laughs> for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, why would it lie? Why would it lie to me? Yeah, <laughs> why would it? I don't. Know. So, 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 what's the ins and outs of this thing? What is the what's the finding that uh, that well, we should Well, you know, be about? we we trust algorithms a lot more nowadays, as you guys are uh, demonstrating, um, to do day to day things. But there's a lot of concern growing that uh, that the effect these algorithms are having. Um, on on our biases and the way we do things could be really concerning you know like with facial recognition and social media feeds and how ai feeds us information that that it thinks that we want you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how much is that actually dictating the way that we the way that we think and do things so there's a lot of concern nowadays about how uh whether how much we trust out computer algorithms and whether we should or not. So some research, but but not a lot of research has gone into looking at specifically our cognitive relationship, like our our brain's relationship with with uh, with our trust. We we know a lot about how we interact with other people and whether or not we trust other people. But um, the computers now are different. Yeah. So some researchers decided they wanted to look into that. Interesting. So uh, it goes beyond like. Um I mean, okay, if you said to me I had to go to the DMV to get my license renewed, mm-hmm. I would be more inclined to, A, look forward to the process, and B, trust it and expect some efficiency if you said to me, oh, it's all automated now. It's just computers. They, you walk in, sure. they do your picture, they give you your thing, they print it out, you walk out of there. That is more interesting to me, or not more interesting, that sounds more efficient to me than me going in there and having to talk to, you know, Maud, who's behind the desk and super pissed and can't find your paperwork <laughs> or whatever. Um, Certainly some of that is because because uh, of, of the growing distaste in, in dealing with people in general. But maybe that's because of our how much we can automate these kinds of things now. We just have, before it was, you had to talk to people, so you just dealt with it. But now we're realizing maybe maybe we don't have to have to talk to people as much as we thought we did. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've learned, right? Like, um, yeah, I was, I was having a bit of a, um, a technology appreciation moment yesterday where I was thinking about what 2020 would have looked like if we haven't come as far as we have with remote technology and communication mm-hmm. tools and all this other stuff. And I realized we'd be a lot like 1918. We'd be having poor yeah. communication a lot of people mm-hmm. just straight up wouldn't know about it especially people in rural areas and you would have massive way more deaths way more infections way more everything and uh you know we'd still we'd still here in the states and in other parts of the world still be looking like what india is dealing with today which is i don't know what mm-hmm. the 400,000 new cases today were reported yeah. 
just yeah, insane numbers. Um, it's a little relative over there because they're they're you know their country has a billion people in it. So yeah, they uh, four hundred thousand is you know a relatively not small percentage, but it's a lot of freaking people. But the point is like. If we were then, or if this was then, we'd be kind of hosed and we wouldn't know any better. And so what I'm trying to do lately is just be, I'm trying to be more mindful of this just to see the stuff and go, oh yeah, I wouldn't even have this option before. I wouldn't have Zoom. I couldn't do this show. Like there'd be no show. We'd have, I'd have a, I don't know what I'd be doing. I'd be picking up pig poo somewhere and going blind (laughs) because they can't do cataract surgeries either. Like, like it's good once in a while to remember that stuff and appreciate it. So that you also don't get so cynical about it that you think it's all going to destroy you and that algorithms are the death of humanity and that, you know, you you can go too way too far into thinking that our techno socio future is screwed. Uh, I just kind of refuse to do it. I feel like it's just human progress. And this this weird concept we have of the machines taking over. Um, is fun for movies, but sucks in reality. I don't think it actually yeah, happens. Yeah, but certainly an argument can be made um, sort of in the other direction, which is that if if uh, if we didn't have social media and these algorithms feeding um, these uh, sensational news headlines to us, then we might not be in the uh, in the situ- in the vaccine hesitancy situation that we're in right now because there wouldn't be as much. Um, anti-vax stuff being pushed at us because that's what the algorithm says. But the point is that it's certainly complicated and we don't know a lot about our relationship with how much we trust and our biases with uh, how much we believe and trust algorithms in general. So to to learn about that, you have to start with basic science and, and start really low. So that's what there was a study that came out starting to look at that. And what it was is they took 1,500 individuals um, and asked them, this is very simple. They asked them, their task was they needed to count individuals in a crowd of people. They were given pictures of crowds of people, and their job was to count how many people were in there. And, and I think they were timed to do that as well. And they had to sort of come up with a number, how many people are in this crowd. Very simple task, right? Mm-hmm. And, this, um, and this crowd is moving around. I mean, it's like, it's not a crowd of people that's standing there ready to be counted. It's well, it's they're just random, like they're not posed, but they are pictures. Of, oh, gotcha. they're not okay. videos. Okay. Um, so, so the catch is that they they were given lots of different pictures of crowds with different numbers of people, and they wanted to see how people performed. But more interestingly, what they wanted to look at was the people who were counting had the option to. Uh, to choose suggestions that were generated for to help them count. Mm. Um, there were two sources of these suggestions. One was generated by a group of people. Like a bunch of other people would look at these and they would have their own ideas of how many. And you could look at what have, what have other people said in terms of how many, what do they think how many people were in this picture? You could either choose that or you could choose to get help from an AI algorithm right. to count the number of people. Right, right. One of the other so, one of the fears, or I just want to say this before I forget. One yep. of the things people worry about, and I kind of worry about, I don't have a full understanding of it, so I'm not going to claim any kind of expertship on this, okay? But mm-hmm. learning algorithms, <clears throat> AIs that are basically designed to learn and then output based on that learning learning you know machine learning is what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. which is all the rage right now and has some very cool implications 
also has a couple of warning signs attached to it sure. because uh, if they're learning from us and if we are inherently, I don't know, um, bias in some direction or another, whatever our biases are, yeah. uh, whether they be racial or they're socioeconomic or whatever they may be, the learning, the machine learning is learning from that, even if it's just pieces of that. And therefore, we're building AIs, algorithms, and so on that potentially have learned to be like us, and in some cases, the worst version of us. And I don't mean they're going to be, you know, they're not going to wear a mega hat and tell everybody to go back to the country they came from. I don't mean that. But I mean, right. like, they'll have little things. Like, if you have an AI that's in charge of hiring process at a university or something, does right. it does it include those biases that are built into the people who help make it or it learn from so that mm-hmm. you start to see some of those same patterns in hiring? And, and by that, I mean, there's racial stuff, there's gender stuff, there's all that. Socio- like, socioeconomic. And, yeah, yeah, those are all big questions still. And they're, and they're interesting questions to me because I think they're the kinds of things that do get ironed out. There is no like monolithic, oh no, we've built an AI and now we're screwed. It doesn't work mm-hmm. that way. Right. It's, we've yeah, built a thing, it needs to, help, and we'll tweak at it until we get it right. Yeah, to, to, to teach these uh, machine learning algorithms, you have to feed it uh, a sample data set, like a, a, a set of um, whatever it is you're trying to teach it on. You have to give it a representative sample that hopefully is an unbiased sample, but like you just implied, human beings are determining what an unbiased sample mm-hmm. looks like. And if you have ingrained biases already, there's a good chance that the quote-unquote unbiased sample is is biased because you, a human being, have have decided that it's unbiased. And if you have innate biases that it might not be as unbiased as you think. And that's why it's important for us to research how much do we trust these. And this, and this research found out that the more complicated these pictures got Mm. like the more people were in these crowds the more willing uh the participants were to use an ai algorithm to help them perform the task rather than asking uh groups of people for assistance in helping them um so knowing that knowing as a baseline that that it looks like there are certain situations where where we will jump to completely trusting an AI algorithm that has been designed by human beings uh, is important for us to know. Right. You know, right. Even if we got so good at it that we made an AI, for example, that had none of these built in biases, right? It didn't have any of this stuff. It didn't learn it from us. We didn't inject it in it. It was so good that it actually just became autonomous and its own thing and went off and did its own thing. And that own thing was completely free of all of our weirdness. Mm. And it found that Part of our weirdness is, I don't know, um, I'll just think of an example, how uh, how women are treated in certain societies, let's say, and it knows the right way. So it performs the right way. Suddenly you have giant governments in certain parts of the world that are, I don't know, let's just say Saudi Arabia is not super big on women's rights. Uh, they're not going to want to integrate this into their government accounting system. You know what I'm saying? Like, like right. you're going to run into these things where that to them is a bias, even though the machine itself being free of bias is actually exposing the bias of those who yeah. it creates a vicious circle. And I think we see some of this now just in little bits here and there, 
like with social media in particular, there's so much hot freak out on Facebook, Twitter and other stuff during politically contentious times or during the pandemic or anything where there's a lot of contention. You hear all these stories about, well, if it wasn't for Facebook serving up the stuff to the people that we know they don't need to see and blah, blah, blah. like I'm, people, people levy that that claim constantly. But we don't really know. I don't know. I, don't know I think you've hit does. on something that's super important in understanding these algorithms, which is that um, I I think, and this is more philosophical, I guess, but it's this type of philosophy is important when you in science, um, which is that I don't think you actually can have an unbiased algorithm. Or maybe I should put it a different way. Maybe if an algorithm is designed to serve humanity, you shouldn't have an unbiased algorithm. Now, what do I mean by that? Uh, that sounds bad, right? We don't we don't want it to be biased, mm. but we do want it to be biased. We want it to be biased to serve our human needs, mm. you know? That's already um, a bias. That's a bias in itself because if you actually gave right. an AI, like, hey, AI, just do your own thing and tell us what you think we should do, they'd probably say, get off the planet. You're freaking destroying it. You're all terrible. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so know? what's important right. is that we understand our relationship to this and each other and 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 we interrogate what it is that we need from it and we're constantly uh constantly analyzing and figuring out and looking under the hood and saying is this thing doing what what we need it to do and is it serving the most people in um in an equitable way you hear a lot about the difference between equity and equitable um and equitable being being that that most pe- that everyone's getting the things that they need that humanity needs out of it in an equal way, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if the robots, you know, if its whole job is to say, well, we need to do what's best for the survival of the planet, let's say, right? They can't just indiscriminately start wasting humans, like because that's what it would. I mean, if you're just going to look at the math of it, you go, well, who's the dominant species that is ruining the watershed or whatever? We are. So <laughs> just start killing humans. That doesn't feel right. very equitable to us and also very uh, biased in the direction of anti-human. Like these things are way. I The reason I like these discussions is it's way more complicated and yes. not just that, but it's also, I think, really beneficial to have discussions like this. Like it's a it's it's both stimulating but also um i don't know makes you more of an active participant in the discussion and less just reactive to link bait and headlines that are meant to throw you over the edge or or you know stuff that's just there to scare you scare bait i like to call it uh so yeah like uh if i had any if i had any sort of like um not advice if i had any kind of thought on this it would be uh you know, if you're if we're afraid of technology, then we're, what we're really saying is we're afraid of each other, and we gotta we gotta figure that shit out. If yeah, you know what I'm saying, definitely. Yeah. Well, this is good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find more uh, about this at uh, ScienceDaily.com, which is where we uh, kind of spark the conversation from. So, if you want to read about what they had to say, you can. But you can also check out Bobby's fantastic podcast, all about science, all around science, rather. Hey, Bobby, tell us all about it and where they can get it and how they can get around to it. <laughs> it's uh, the, Our website is allaroundscience.com, and you can also find that where you find your podcast. It's just the title of the podcast is All Around Science. Now, Scott, I had asked you about this earlier, and you thought it was a good idea that sometimes we're, sometimes science news is slow, and I like 
just talking about science. So I always want to have something to talk about when I come on the show. And we thought, wouldn't it be fun to... Some people might have questions about science or scientific topics or or something that they saw in science and that's not clear to them. Or just, it could be as general as, what are hormones? You just don't know. Mm. And you want some help with that. We thought maybe we should uh, let people ask questions. Yeah, for sure. We put it out there. If uh, if you're in our Discord, you can ask them there. If you want to send us emails, themorningstream at gmail.com, you can do that. Uh, you can also uh, ping Bobby on the various places you can find him. However, mm-hmm. you want to get those questions to us, we'd love to answer them on the show. So um, yeah, 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 sure. Keep them coming. We like them a lot. There's there's a lot of complicated stuff out there, and I love digging in, even if it's something that I don't know. I love digging in and learning more about something myself, and then sharing that with people. So if that's something that you guys are interested in, or there's something that pops up and you're just curious about, let us know, and we'll answer those questions. But yeah, the podcast is all around science this week on the one that's on there right now we talked about in the news recently there was this big these headlines about like oh new physics is is happening because yeah. physicists have found something they can't explain in the quantum level and now we have to throw out the standard model of physics and and create new particles in physics the world is changing and we dig into that and talk about what that means and what it actually was and i think i i think i managed to actually explain something about particle physics and understand it. <laughs> well, well, I think I finally understand Tenet after this conversation. So thank you for that. <laughs> finally, I get what the hell they were trying to do in that movie. Finally! Uh, yeah. Bobby Frankenberger, have a fantastic week. We will see you next time right here. Thank you, guys. Bye. I'll see you, Bobby. That's great. Yeah. I love that stuff. Okay. It's such a great philosophical Isn't it? question. It's, it's yeah, great. It really and it's is. the one that, of our That time. movie's never can fully get into because it would take a lot more than just a two hour yeah exactly uh, action film oh speaking of which uh do you remember the movie primer you liked that movie right i did like that movie yeah Mm -hmm. somebody told me that they felt like tenant was a big budget primer do you agree with that (laughs) um i mean and they meant it positively by the way they weren't being yeah no i uh, uh i guess i mean there's some there's some parallels in the uh, in the way that technology isn't just um, in the way that the technology is represented. I guess I'd have to think about that, yeah. and maybe I have to see Primer again because it's really it's been like it's been a while ten years, yeah, yeah. since I've seen it. Yeah, and as Primer taught us, it, uh, your memories start to degrade after you do it too many times. That's so. exactly right. Yeah. Yes, like a Xerox. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, look it up right. kids yeah go look it up it's a fantastic movie you should see it all right we're doing a uh we're doing a thing here uh it's called the news and it's brought to you by brought to you by coverville we're back this week we were gone last week because of stuff but we're back this week and uh we've got birthday uh cover stories for leslie gore she was the uh uh, the one complaining about her party and she can cry if she wants to and all that stuff. Uh, as well as Robert Johnson, who um, legend says that he sold his soul to the devil for his uh, guitar talent and his success and fame. Is it true? Mm. We won't explore that. We'll just listen to covers of his music. But, <laughs> but uh, it's up to you to decide on if it's true or not. Covers of both by folks like Rush... Uh, Quincy Jones, They Might Be Giants, the Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain, and even the late, great Robert Palmer. All of this and more coming up 1 p.m. Mountain Time, twitch.tv slash Coverville. Not to be confused with Robert Plant, who has a giant head right now. 
Oh my gosh. I watched yeah. that interview on YouTube. He has the biggest head. Does he really? Yeah, I saw the photo you posted in our just And it's our, not just uh, that Discord photo like chat. I I watched the whole thing and I kept thinking is this an angle thing? Am I seeing like a trick of photography or something? No, Robert Plant has a huh. normal man's head. He looks great for his age too. Just like a, you know, looks like he's in shape and just looks like a, you know, doing up fine. But his head is seriously the size of a small Volkswagen. It's amazingly really huge. Funny. Just a giant noggin on his head. <laughs> he must have the hat problems I do. He can't find a hat to fit him to save his life. Anyway. Yep. Yep. Uh, so Coverville, check it out today. Coverville, uh, 1 p.m. Yeah, 1 p.m. <laughs> no, no rubber plant whatsoever. No uh, rubber plant. Exactly. No rubber. All right. Hey, check it out. A man, a man, jumped off of uh, a building in San Diego and uh, ended up killing a bystander below. That's not good. Oh, geez. You yeah. never think about that when you hear stories of people... Jumping right. off buildings to commit right. suicide. Right, they think it's just what, about them, know. but it's not. You got a busy street no, down there, you know. And movies have taught us anything, Scott. You always land on a parked, empty car mm-hmm. uh, on the street. Yep. Uh, this guy described as uh, uh, by the coroner to be in his late twenties or thirties, plunged from the ninth floor of a building and fell into uh, somebody named K- Taylor Kale, age twenty-nine, mm. in San Diego. She was walking with a friend. On, oh, imagine being that friend. God, I know. Uh, It'd be like that uh, opening episode of The Boys. Oh, jeez! <laughs> With what's his, who's the speedy guy? Uh, yeah, run, bu- run, bummer. Um, <laughs> Whatever his name is, yeah, sp- Speed Man. Ah, what is it? Lightning McQueen. I don't. I, I can't remember his name. A Train. That's A Train. A Train. <laughs> <laughs> You mean it's I thought Dice Tomato was warning us, a train, a train. You mean, you mean anyway. it's not Run Bummer? I can't imagine that it wasn't Run, run bummer. bummer. Anyway, uh, that's a sad story. I'm moving on. To yeah, this, this story was a sad story. Yeah, Jeez. I don't know. I, for some reason, I thought people survived it, and then it was going to be like a feel-good, oh. you know, <laughs> cautionary tale, but also, like funny, you know. Funny story. Everybody's mm. okay. Oh, everybody's not okay. Yeah, right. we're not doing that one. Let's do this one instead. A Texas woman faces a felony embezzlement charge after two decades of over uh, for over VHS or over a VHS rental from a closed Oklahoma video store. All right, felony- hold on. Let me scan this story really quick. Make sure everyone's okay. Yeah, right. everyone lived. Everyone lived. Uh, yeah, she's okay. No okay, okay. Yeah, we're good. We're yeah, good. Yeah, we're okay. Right. Thank you for doing that. A former uh-huh. Oklahoma resident is now living in Texas. Uh, recently learned that she had an active warrant for a felony embezzlement charge for the past two decades, 20 years. After allegedly never returning a rented VHS tape in 1999, the year of the Matrix. Again, with the years. I don't know what's going on there. Right. Karen McBride uh, told Fox 25 that she was made aware of the charge. She's tried to change her name on her driver's license after getting married in Texas. McBride said she tried to make an appointment with the Department of Motor Vehicles under restrictions uh, put in place during the coronavirus pandemic, but received an email back that said she had, uh, she had, Sorry, she had an issue in Oklahoma, is what she was told. <laughs> Some sort of mysterious issue in Oklahoma. Yeah. Okay, all yeah. right. Uh, she finally got a number, called somebody, got with the Cleveland County District Attorney's Office. person on the phone told her that they uh, she had been charged with felony embezzlement of rented property in March of 2000. Um, wow. it, was, uh, it was a VHS tape that went to a place called Movie Place. It was a <laughs> small thing. Check out what it was. Uh-huh. It was for that horrible old Sabrina the Teenage Witch. The uh, the old one with uh, Caroline Ray and uh, was it the TV? Was there a movie or was it just the TV show? I, I don't think there was a. I don't think there was a movie for Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I think it was all. It was both both times. It was series. 
Zzz. We really touched a touched a nerve for Claire on this. She we likes did. that. She is getting so much use out of her caps lock key today. <laughs> it's uh, gonna need new. You're gonna need new character or keyboards. Oh my gosh! Lots of get all caps. Dice tomatoes in all caps. Stephanie is in all caps. All right. Is it hold up then? Okay. It's good. Right. I don't okay. know. I don't. I remember being kind of. <laughs> Bad. I've never. You know what? I've never seen a single episode of it. I can't. I can't. Yeah. Judge one way or the other. I wish I was you, because I did see one, and I thought it was really bad. But <laughs> I remember seeing the cat talking, like a little yeah. robot puppet black cat turning its head. There was definitely a cat. He definitely talked. I don't remember being a robot, though. I thought it was just a cat, but maybe it was a robot. And well, then, it was uh, a puppet or something. Oh, was it? Because it? It, it, would, it would talk, and it would move its mouth to talk. Real yeah. cats can't do that. And then there was like a, <laughs> you know, like a laugh track and everything. It's just, it was just one of those comedies. I couldn't. Yeah. There's nothing to laugh at there, right? If you're a kid, I get it. There was a movie that says Terrorim 77. This is probably that. Okay? I don't know if they made it based on the show or whatever, but I don't know if you could rent VHS copies of TV shows back in 1999. Maybe you could. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I had a bunch of X-Files tapes from back then. It says here, uh, the first thing she told me was felony embezzlement, so I thought I was going to have a heart attack, she says. She told me it was over this VHS tape that I had forgotten, <laughs> forgotten to take back. She thought, this is insane. This girl must be kidding me, right? She wasn't kidding. Records show the video rental store closed in 2008, so they're gone. Yeah. By 11, 12 years. Uh, the Cleveland County, or 13 years, whatever that is. Uh, the Cleveland County Assessor's Office said the Cleveland County District Attorney's Office agreed to drop the case against McBride on Wednesday. The charges filed on her previous district attorney, so she's okay. It's all good. But by law, they could have prosecuted that and she could have spent time in jail on felony charges because she didn't return a damn copy of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And it makes and me think that, that that played into this. Do you think there were like attorneys sitting around at the state capitol, the state attorney's office going, you know, I think we could let this go because it's this Sabrina thing no one likes. You think you think just purely based on it being Sabrina the Teenage Witch, they're more likely to say, "Oh, you know, if this was, if this was uh, Empire of the Sun, uh, we'd have an issue here. If this was the English Patient, my God, we would put her in jail." But, yeah, yeah, because Sabrina, it's Sabrina. Teenage Witch. Let's, I just wonder if it played any role. It may not have. At all. <laughs> uh, there's no mention of how much. Like, did did uh, late fees just keep racking up? Because I'm not seeing any dollar signs in this article i'm really i was really hoping that i'd see um well let's do the math back in the day when you and i would do a blockbuster rental what were the late fees for those do you remember was it like a per day I thing i remember i think it was per yeah, day I think it was so like if the rental was three bucks you but would I pay think three it would bucks. only go up to the value of the tape it oh, wouldn't like I see. you wouldn't get you wouldn't end up owing hundreds of dollars i think it would stop at whatever the outrageously inflated made up cost of the tape was that nobody ever paid like right, you know right. 59.99 or something i wonder if there's any way to see what were blockbuster late fees oh this is actually a common uh, search here mm-hmm. um let's see blockbuster suit over late fee oh, i don't care about any of this i want to know what they were and nothing says yeah. but if it was let's say it was three bucks a day that's that brings back a memory for me for some reason if you rented it for three and then you didn't get it back the next day for a day rental. They charge you three bucks every day that it wasn't returned. Right. Is my right. memory. So if you take two years, let's do this math. This is going to be fun. Uh, okay. 
So two years is, but so 365 days. And, and as people point out here, and, and you see this a lot, uh, mentioned a lot in the uh, the last Blockbuster documentary, they dropped late fees and it was a big thing. Like they uh, had a big old commercial with, uh, oh, somebody who turned out to become really famous later on, whose name is completely escaping me. But, um, oh, weird. I kind of remember yeah. that though. I have a vague memory of it. Oh, here it is. Okay, seven hundred and thirty days. That's that's. Oh no, that's two years. Sorry. Uh, what we need is three sixty-five times ten. No, twenty. Okay, so that's right. seventy seven thousand so three hundred days, Brian. Mm-hmm. Seven seventy three hundred days times two dollars ninety nine cents a day. Mm-hmm. That's, that's if they don't stop at the value of the tape. Correct, and I don't yep. know if they do or don't. Because uh, sure. th- this is movie place and right. who knows what their rules are. <laughs> so that turned out to be that's twenty one thousand eight hundred and twenty seven dollars. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's a lot. Wow, it's a lot. But uh, you know, when, once the place goes out of business, that stops, right? That that late fee would stop racking up. And I guess when you when you go bankrupt or you you close your business, yeah, your um your owed debts get reported to the the county or the state or something must be yeah but also like how that all works you know if if a if a guy at a mcdonald you know if mcdonald's let's say if if an employee mcdonald's stole 20 hamburgers one day but then McDonald's I love, folded. I love when away. we go into analogies like this. Yes, please continue. Please. So he's got the burgers and McDonald's closes down permanently. The record still shows he stole those burgers. So the crime still right, committed. That would be more of a criminal record as opposed to your independent contract with this with this uh, individual company. Right. Right. I mean, the stealing stuff would be a theft that gets reported and then the police get involved. You owing a dollar ninety nine to the movie place for not returning Sabrina is just part of the agreement that you have with the rental company. Right. They can take it to a collections agency if they're still in business. Right. Um, or as Dan Wally puts it, creditors can go after you after something else declares bankruptcy. After so. bankruptcy. So, right. So the company goes bankrupt. They're their list of uh assets and deficiencies well, there's another word for it i can't remember what it is it goes to um forfeitures forfeitures that goes the to the state or to the county i think that's the word yeah debts is it just debts just debts is that it? assets and debts sure okay anyway well anyway i hope her viewing of that film was worth it mm-hmm. okay worth all this (laughs) or that series or whatever is it possible that sabrina the teenage witch in that current form like i like the new netflix one it's cool it's like i haven't seen it either but um i like uh i think shipka was great in mad men so yes Yes. you'd like it it's good it's dark dark and weird and cool it's like they go i'm still i'm still knee deep in uh person of interest and uh holy cow amy acker she is just fantastic i like nothing at all bad that i can say about amy acker let me think for a minute is there anything i can say bad about amy acker no you can't say anything bad about amy acker and i i defy you to try she's pretty great i remember her from like alias like way yeah right alias uh uh, the gifted she was on that x-men tv show Mm -hmm. for a while i guess she was on angel i never saw angel but um she was on that macgyver reboot that didn't last 
Oh, was she really? Okay. That really happened. That happened, right? There was a MacGyver reboot. Am I remembering that wrong? Anyway. Yeah, there was a MacGyver reboot. There we was. talked about this. Uh, there was a lawsuit over it, and it brought up our whole discussion about remakes, sequels, and reboots and the difference be- differences between all that. There you go. Oh, she was also the voice of uh, the Huntress on uh, Justice League Unlimited, which was very good. That's All cool. right. Well, I, for whatever reason, I thought she was married to somebody like Whedon or um, Soderbergh or something like that. Now she's married to James Carpinello. Oh, well, she was in the Cabin in the Woods, the the Whedon mm-hmm. and Angel and, and she, all that. And, yeah. yeah, and Angel, and I bet she made an appearance on um, Dollhouse and stuff like that. I mean, it feels like she was in everything that. Uh, well, I'm kind of glad she wasn't married to him because it sounds like he's kind of a pain in the ass right now. <laughs> it kind of does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Everything I've heard of him lately right. is not great. So, uh, yeah. Uh, all right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, my sister Wendy will be here. She'll join us. And um, <laughs> that'll be great. Before that, though, we need a song. And uh, I imagine Brian's probably got one locked and loaded. So fire away. Brian. I've I've got one. And, you know, as as much as people will think that oh, Brian only picked it because it's by somebody named Tristan. I didn't. Okay. I didn't. It's by somebody named Tristan, but it's not spelled T-R-I-S-T-A-N like my son's name is. It's spelled with an E, T-R-I-S-T-E-N. And she's a she. And she has, uh, and, and uh, she has a brand new album coming out called Aquatic Flowers. Comes out at the beginning of June, June 4th to be specific. Yeah. She is a Nashville indie pop singer. And this song called uh, Wrong With You, if you are at all a fan of Liz Fair, you're going to, I think you're going to hear some Liz Fair in this. Uh, this is so good. And it's so um, both sweet and dark at the same time. Uh, from her upcoming album, Aquatic Flowers, here is Wrong With You from Tristan. That sounds awesome. I like Liz Fair. All right. I'm going to play it now and uh, we'll see you guys on the other side. Come on back.
Let's take a minute and talk about our friends at Blue Chew. Today's episode sponsored by Blue Chew. Look, it's been a hell of a year. Personally, I feel like I've aged 12 years over the last 12 months. And if you're like me, you're feeling your age more than you used to. <laughs> I guess that's true. Especially in the bedroom. It's time to snap out of it. Spring is here. And it's time to get sprung with Blue Chew. That's right. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis but in chewable form at a fraction of the price. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve better erections to combat all forms of erectile dysfunction. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in discreet packaging. Everyone's favorite packaging. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com. That's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-U, or sorry, E. W rather dot com. So like blue, like the color blue, chew like you're chewing it dot com. Uh, consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive a prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. Their licensed medical professionals and providers will work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem here. Because you don't have to. You chew them. Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadlafil. I know I'm saying those wrong. Chat tablets are completely chewable and they're made right here in the USA and they uh, prepare and ship them direct so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it comes time to perform, wink, wink, visit bluechew.com for details and important safety information. We got a deal for you guys. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our code TMS at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code TMS to receive your very first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for helping us out today. Type A, I'm not comfortable, caring, and serious about a relationship. I am. I have a bad case of diarrhea. <laughs> The Morning Stream. Hit the road, Buster. This is where you get off. All right, we have Return. Brian, that song again. That song again is Wrong With You by Tristan, T-R-I-S-T-E-N, from her upcoming album, which is called... I'm pulling my notes up. 
<laughs> called Aquatic Flowers. Go check it out. It's really, really good. Very nice. That sounds awesome. <clears throat> All right. And everybody everybody in the chat room is saying they totally heard some Liz Fair in that. So good. I'm I'm glad I am glad uh, I was right about that. And yeah. there's yeah. no way they can prove me wrong. That we can play it live here and everything. That's the best part yeah, of it. Right. Hey, look who it is. It's my sister, a professional, who comes on the show on Thursdays and hangs out with us. Hi, Wendy. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are good. you guys? We're fantastic. We're good. Looking very much forward to uh, uh, to July, and uh, it'll be great. Because by then, you know, you'll be oh, you're done. You got your second vax. You're good. you're all good. Hey, no, my second one's this week. Oh, next it's week. this next week. week. Next week. Next week. Okay. Yeah. So on next Thursday after that. Yeah. Yeah. But then by it'll June, be plenty of time. But next week, yeah. that means on Therapy Thursday, I'm going to make no sense again. Oh, beautiful. Uh, or be too sick to be here. <laughs> Who knows? You got the Moderna yeah, or the we'll Pfizer? Do you think, so there was there a Therapy Thursday where you made no sense and you yeah, wanted to it's after my next. first shot. Yeah. She thinks it was, like she thinks last week I mean, she made no sense, but I disagree. I think it was one of our better shows. <laughs> it was the week before. Oh, was it? No. Yeah. Uh, yeah we're, we'll be done. And uh, the kids are now able to get theirs. So Allie's already started hers. And I don't know why I'm the only one in the family who has any response. I swear I'm the only one with an immune system. That's good, though. That means that when you have the response, you're supposed to, that means you're more, I don't know. Exactly. You're, cued up. you're robots. Yeah. Something's wrong with them. I didn't hardly anyway. feel a thing. That makes me nervous. I know. <laughs> I'm like, did they even give it to me? You don't have an immune system. <laughs> Apparently not. Uh, but I get like high. That's not a good response. No, I don't know what's wrong with No, my don't get high. That's weird. That's very weird. That is weird. Are you sure? That's, that's, gonna get the vax. Then go high. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, they gave her heroin. They just didn't tell her. Um, all right. Oh, so uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say uh, something about the trip. Oh, that'll be fun because all of us uh, conscientious, you know, we live in a society types like me and you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be hanging out with a couple of members of our family who are kind of anti-vaxxers, <laughs> and uh, you know, we'll. we'll and guess do our what best. I'm going to do? I'm going to bring some like a little jar, yeah. full of COVID. Yeah. And oh, I'm nice. just going to release it at a family dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Bill Gates did with those flies that one year or those mosquitoes. You guys remember this? He got up in front of a, was it a TED talk? It may have been. And he was For talking. For some reason, remembering this is a TED talk. Yeah. Yeah. And he was doing a like anti-malaria thing when he was really big on that. And um, literally opened up a jar of these mosquitoes and just like threw them out into the audience and said, all right, these are the ones that carry the malaria thing. But None of you are going to get it because of this or that or the other, but people were all freaked out because he was letting bugs loose in the in the auditorium. Anyway, yeah, yeah, they got they're yeah, they're not. twenty-seven yeah. years, man. That's a lot. Hey, mm-hmm. let me ask you this, Wendy. Here's a good. This is a great starter. If you were the the therapist who had to sit down with Bill and Melinda Gates and uh, help them through their little twenty-seven year uh, hiccup here, what would you? What would be the first thing you'd try with those two? I tell them to give all their money away. <laughs> <laughs> it's the root of all evil. Yeah. Just give it to, I don't know, maybe your therapist. Yeah. Oh, yeah, give it to me. Uh, no, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on I with guess them. You know, I don't that's know what the thing, problem right? Is. Yeah, they're just so prominently public. It's hard for us not to mm-hmm. notice this and stuff, but we don't know. Well, nobody knows. For all we know, he burps at night or, you know, we don't know what, he, what they do. We do know he hangs out with his ex girlfriend monthly or whatever that is. Oh, he does, does he? Oh, oh does he really? Yeah, mm-hmm. there's some. I don't know, that came out that they had some arrangement where he could like go to dinner with his ex-girlfriend all the time or oh, something weird. 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 So people are weird. That's the answer. People are weird. And the more money you have, I'm, you can hide all your weird. That's kind of 
happens. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your weird always comes out. Yeah. <laughs> It'll show up eventually. eventually. Uh, you know, it's funny, though, I have to say, watching um, Bezos' divorce is much more interesting because mm-hmm. he does not give anybody a penny. And the second she's free of him, she did philanthropic magic. She oh, didn't yeah. make anyone write an essay to try to get money. She just secretly found out who needs it and just freaking gave it away. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she gave I away huge her. amounts That's of great. her of her uh, her vast fortune from yeah, her prenatal. Yeah, $4 billion. Dollars yeah. She gave out in like a weekend. Yeah. She was like um, uh, that movie. What was that movie in the 80s with Brewster's Millions? Brewster's Millions. <laughs> <laughs> she did it all yes. in the weekend. <laughs> did she wow. buy a, yeah. an upside end stamp and stick it on a, a postcard? Yep. Hung out with John it's Candy for a bit. Reference. Yeah. You guys are old. Yes, we are old. <laughs> we really are. I love that movie. I, or I did. I don't know if it holds up. Um, anyway, uh, so let's get to it. We got, a, we got an email here. This is one that came, I guess, to you. And now we're going to read it. Uh, let's see. Let me, find, let me pull it up here. All right. Here's an email from somebody. We're going to call this person M because we, you know, like to keep people anonymous, even if they don't mm-hmm. care. Hi, Wendy. Uh, it was just an issue I wanted to be, or that might be worth examining on Therapy Thursdays. I am not connected to this at all, but I'm curious to hear discussion on the action that affects, and, sorry, the action and the effects may have. I'm in Australia and we had quite a bit of news recently about the reaction taken by the school to the issue of how men treat females. Uh, there's a link to an article attached if you want to read it. I didn't actually look at that, but it was called Brower College Students Forced to Apologize. And there's a whole bunch of info about what he's talking about. But anyway, uh, without warning at a school assembly, all boys were asked to stand and apologize to a female around them for how men treat women. Given that boys at the school would range from 12 to 16 years old and have different nationalities represented, you can imagine how confusing this can be for some of them, especially the younger ones. So I'm wondering about your thoughts on how to go about educating the young mind or a young mind on such issues and whether the approach taken by this college is fraught with danger for the kids. It seems dangerous to invoke a feeling of being personally responsible without a specific boy having done anything wrong. However, it also raises awareness of the issue in advance of someone trying to do something wrong. Just curious of your thoughts uh, with all social matters needing rectification. The challenge is often how to do how to go about it without creating more damage. Love the show, M. Uh, so, uh, I'm, I'm trying to imagine this, but I I think I can just vision you know envision this mm-hmm. this everybody stand up, all the boys stand up now, collectively apologize. You know, basically a giant reparations moment to to all the girls. And part of me goes, "Well, that's a nice gesture," and then part of me says, "Oh, I don't know if this is the way to do it." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So and when he's referring to college, am I getting this right? Because I'm thinking of England and you say college when kids are 15 and 16. So right. They're, he's saying 12 to 16 year olds. So, yes, college oh, is uh, okay. Australia. Gotcha. That way. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. OK, so young. And that's what I thought. But then, you know, my American brain said college. You know, 22 year olds. Okay. Got it. Um, yeah. All right. So you're probably picturing that correctly and the two parts of you make a lot of sense brian how about you what what does part of you think and what does the other part of you think well i mean you know the first thing i think of is okay uh, you know do they do they also have an assembly where it says all right uh everybody who's white stand up and apologize to the nearest black person sitting by you or the nearest asian person sitting by you like it 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 uh it's not a way to solve a problem and it's feels probably like 
like too bla- it's too blankety it's like it is right exactly yeah. it's too you, you nobody wants a forced apology but even then it's not people don't want a, an apology from somebody that hasn't wronged them which causes confusion in both the recipient and the apologizer which i know is not a word but i'm gonna use it i'm not sorry about it's you it's a word Apologizer. Apologizer. Is it? Apologizer. It is. Today. It is. You're talking to two Johnsons. Everything's a word. <laughs> Everything's a word. <laughs> that is so true. But, uh, but okay. yeah, the confusion issue is the big one, right? Is that it's just going to yes. make the, the people, everybody in there confused about yeah. why they're doing it. So I have a long running list of if you could just run this by one more person outside of your group it would really help, you know, like Mm -hmm. certain design decisions or, you know, when someone runs a campaign, it's the group thing that you get when everyone in the room is excited about the same thing. And then you miss the sort of other information you might normally have if you had someone from the outside look at it. And that's to me what happened here is like the intent, the underlying desire sounds like a good one. Like, Hey, there is a problem and we need to get, let these kids know, you know, they're at a, the, the age where some of this behavior really is, is starting. It's not solidified yet. And there, this is a window to help them. Mm-hmm. But then just run by the, the gimmickiness of this to someone mm-hmm. who, I don't know, has some, some, <laughs> some expertise. And they go, oh, wrong approach. Maybe yeah. there's a different version of this. Um, and so it just sounds, I mean, like it was a exciting uh energy they really did they didn't have anything planned for that assembly no. or the person that they did the the juggler that was going to show up canceled and uh yeah. they need to come it's up like they saw too many movies like that you can't all stand you know the idea of everybody standing up and going and saying i am spartacus over and over until nobody <laughs> can tell who spartacus is is a really sweeping uh yes. effective really dramatic thing to do and and so you think the idea of these boys standing up proudly and going I apologize to all girls and women for mm-hmm. the, and the next kid, I apologize for the, like, <laughs> I know what they're no, aiming I for. Apologize. I know what yeah. they're naming or they're aiming for there. And I get it, but it's so, no one's going to learn anything. It's from so two dimensional, right? It's, you're not yeah. going to learn anything from it. And it's so thin. Mm-hmm. And it, it and reminds it, me of a fail video that starts out like you're going to see it go well, and then it <laughs> doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I yeah. want to sh- I want to share a time this happened to me. I, it's a little different. Uh, and these were much older professional setting that it. <laughs> so they clearly didn't run it by anybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I when I started graduate school. Um, you know, so everyone's in their mid twenties and plenty older. So you know, any age range, but a lot of us uh, were probably in our mid twenties. And so we're in grad school, and the first day there was this attempt. They had hired some consultant who came in and was trying to create sort of awareness. And you know, this is social work, so you you got to realize all these different people are coming from different places, and everyone has different experiences. And on day one, we want to make that clear that, you know, here's a place where everyone uh, is, is different. Well, I don't know who thought this through, but what they did was they put us in a giant circle. And so there's a hundred and something people back, back when you could be crammed together. Mm. And we were all crammed in, in this weird circle in this room. And they, these facilitators asked people to step forward 
if they had been um, discriminated based on their name or whatever. So someone steps forward or if you had received welfare as a child or like they pulled out every deep, I mean, this is supposed to be a therapeutic place, by the way. Um, And they pulled out every sort of deep uh, sort of difference or question or, you know, that made you feel left out. Like if you've ever been picked last on a team, I mean, they covered the gamut, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And so people are stepping forward and they're always, you know, let's, let's people not stepping forward because they didn't have any of these things happen to them. Right. Yeah. And here's the thing. If that's your plan, then what are you going to do with it? It's like everyone comes up with the idea to the moment of like the drama of it. But where's the resolution? And I will tell you how they left it. It was terrible. It was like, well, we're all different. And that was like the end. And all these people are just like, (laughs) let everybody know they were on welfare, right? Like, what the, what did you just do? It was so bad. And I will tell you, and you can, I'm not going to tell anyone the rest, but you can Google it in my brain and you will hear that it was one of the most sort of cranky disconnected classes that school had ever had <laughs> like <laughs> lots of fighting in classes about like and and really what it set everyone up to feel is either a little bit victimized or like let's all gang up on you know that that white straight guy in the corner who is just like a nerd and is just trying to get his degree <laughs> You know, we were like (laughs) just torn apart. And that's what this guy's referring to is when you, uh, you plan to do one of these things and you are not actually qualified to do, to, to facilitate something like this, you're going to create more problems and you actually create problems that might not have been there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to have that, that reflex reaction of like, well, screw that. And then the secret crap comes out and it's less and less hidden because it's socially inappropriate. And, you know, find other dudes who think girls are stupid and start to create, you know, you've, you've actually maybe created more problems. And I don't know if that's happening there, but I'm going to tell you what's happening in Minnesota Mm. is that there are groups of children in middle schools and some high schools, but mainly middle schools which is like a cesspool generally, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who are spreading and just doing some of the most heinous, racist things you can imagine. And these are kids. And all I can assume is that five years ago, none of these kids were racist and nor were their parents probably, <laughs> like outwardly racist. Mm. But this feeling like they're the spotlight is on us and that you know you're not allowed to say any words and you you know there's no room to grow or... Or to, to get a chance to learn or, you know, whatever. It's just like you're woke or you're not, right? Yeah, this um, is this is going to piss off some some lefties who listen to the show. But I, I could not agree with this more. This concept of just by merely discussing something uh, is a problem and you get shunned for it. I hate that. I freaking And here's where the, the solution. There is a solution. And, and if, you, if you get a lefty calm enough... They'll say, yeah, I actually would like a solution. Well, it's really hard to hear it when you're not quite sure. You think it's going to go back to do nothing about it, right? And that's understandable that you can't go back to doing nothing about it. But when you do do something about it, there is a better version than the let's make everyone feel a certain way that's very dramatic 
and think it's going to work for everybody. It does work for some. I'm sure there'll be some boys in that class that that was a meaningful experience for them. And they realize like, oh, I, I am kind of a bully or I do act sexist or, you know, something. I don't know. But there are going to be plenty that will just get really defensive. And now they will feel victimized. And mm-hmm. when they feel victimized, what do they then do with that, right? Mm-hmm. So you can see the, the backlash. And here's the thing. No one's like extra good at this, but there are professionals and experts and people who have thought really long and, long and hard about this and have studied this and understand how people work. And I just wish we could sometimes talk with them first before we pull off stuff. Get their, yeah, get their feedback. We're going to buy them just to, just to make sure. And I mean, I was young and I was just like, yeah, wow, look how different we all are. And I stepped forward on a couple of those things and it's pretty vulnerable. And you were like, all right, now what are you going to do? And they were like, all right, peace out, time for lunch. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, and so, so with no context or no, so it can happen in the best of places with the best of intentions, right? Right. Um, but the risk that you run is that you're assuming too much about people. <laughs> yeah. And you got to go a lot slower and a lot, you know. And in these cases of these things that have happened here that I know of, they're in one happened just the other day in my kids' middle school mm. and my friend's kids' middle school. So we've we've talked a lot about it and how people are handling it and what's happening. And it's really directed to kids in their school, not directed to the world out there, directed to those Asian kids in their class or directed to those black kids in their class. And, you know, it is, it, it's sickening and alarming. And you think, what? Mm-hmm. But if the answer is just keep shoving stuff down their throat, it's not because that just makes, seems to make it worse. So what is the answer? So to get really thoughtful and open and work to understand what helps, I think matters. I mean, I can't speak to what they're doing in Australia. Hopefully they've, they've seen the, the backlash maybe to it and recognize there's may, maybe more to be done, which, so I want to ask you guys, you're the experts now because you've all you both have your sociology PhDs. Mm-hmm. Tell me. Not from that book you recommended a couple yeah, of weeks ago. Yeah, that one time we get read yeah. that book. Um, <laughs> uh, what, what is the solution? So we have a problem with gender discrimination everywhere. Um, I, I work with some people in some couple third world countries. And wow, wow. Uh, mm. Yeah, we think it's, you know, just slightly irritating. It's still, you know, thriving. Um, and so the problem is out there. What What do you do about it? If you want to help these 13, 14, 15-year-old kids treat each other better. What's, what's your idea? You, you take that uh, same assembly, and instead of making everybody or all the, the, the boys stand up, you educate everybody on gender discrimination and what, you know, what the obvious uh, examples are and maybe some of the not-so-obvious examples are. You can't really talk about the, the workplace uh, 78% you know, uh, pay for women that men have and stuff like that. But you can talk about examples that happen in a school setting, things that, um, that they might be, um, aware of that they don't realize is, is discriminatory. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. It's going to take a nuanced, like smart, uh, approach by people who know, like, um, Somebody I follow on Twitter always talks about the death of expertise and how we're living in this time where expertise is being ignored in favor of 
you know, emotional outbursts and, you know, bad ideas or, you know, assumptions or purely faith-based arguments and things like that. And in a situation like this, you would want to inject some expertise. So somebody who knows about this Mm -hmm. stuff, I don't know what they were, what they're called or what job that is, but somebody that could actually come in there and tell people what goes on around them, but also knows how to talk to kids, doesn't talk down to them, doesn't assume they're stupid and isn't trying to just create a pageant out of it, which is a lot of what this sounds like to me when you get up and say, now everyone stand up, raise your hand. If you like, come on, like kids are smarter than that. And also they're smart enough to know when they're being condescended to. And so they're going to react the way kids react. Just like a lot of adults right. react that way today. Like if you're going right. to, if you're going to treat somebody like they're stupid, they're going to recoil and pull further away toward whatever thing you were trying to teach them not to do. So there's that conundrum with expertise, right? Right. Which is if, I mean, it feels pretty powerful to, to knock an expert, right? Well, I read a thing. And so that guy can't be right. The guy who spent his 30 year career studying a thing and, and has maybe the humility to understand that the more you learn, the, the more you realize there's so much more to know, right? Whereas when I read a quick article, I got the gist, I know. And, <laughs> and so it feels pretty powerful. Um, and yet it, you know, gets us in a lot of trouble. And then conversely, if I think I know, and then someone, I feel like someone's condescending to me. I mean, now I'm doubling down, right? Mm-hmm. So we have, it's a problem in both directions. Um, and it's one challenge, like, yeah, I was, listening to this podcast about left and right brains and just how much we don't know. Like this is, this was fascinating about my field is we're like, wow, well, this fMRI study showed that in the right frontal cortex, this thing happens. We don't know how the heck that happens. We don't know why and why does it only happen in some people? Like it, it's still a mystery in so many ways. We know some things, but you know, we're talking billions of neurons. We don't know. Right. So that level of like curiosity, when the curiosity goes, we're in trouble. So anyway, they were talking about how more and more scientists now will get their um, education and not, and it's all technical, it's all left brain dominant only. And it sort of skips. Um, Previously, you'd have to read some poetry and take a philosophy course. There was just more to um, developing scientists or, you know, overall historically than there, there tends to be now. And so when we get really into the proof and black and white and, you know, and it can go in any direction, right? So even from, we're missing maybe some nuance. And I think um, what we're finding is we're all experts, but we're, none of us are experts and that's what's tricky. So when an actual person who knows what they're talking about, or for the most part, we can just knock them down and criticize them and not do what they say. Or maybe people aren't willing to become experts because it's not fun anymore. (laughs) I don't know. But there is a lot of people who've studied humans for a long time who could maybe assist in some of this. And I I get that that's maybe hard to access and it just feels good to to do this thing. I don't know. But, you know, sometimes you try a thing and it bombs. And so then you've got to figure out a different way to handle what's happening, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. It's frustrating. And I can imagine, you know, being a parent in that school and really being like, I get it. I really get it. And being frustrated with the approach because I can see how teenagers aren't 
going to take it. <laughs> right. You also um, you also have to kind of you have to think of the. I mean, I'm thinking of these teachers and these administrators and you know whoever was up on that stage yeah. orchestrating this. Um, it's easy to just go dummies. You know, you're how come you how could you be so obtuse? How did you do that? Whatever. But they. I don't think any of them meant any harm. They didn't, they thought this was the right way to do it. Sure. Like there's, there is another, there's this other part of society where even if most people agree that it was the wrong way to do it, we have now put them in perma jail for doing it the way they did it. We haven't even given them a chance to say, Oh yeah, I did. I guess now that I see the difference we haven't even given them a chance to see the, that it was better. You know, good examples happening in the chat room. There was some discussion years ago where I talked about uh, transden- transgender folks participating in sports and all the controversy around that. And at some pr- point, I was like, well, yeah, I guess if, you know, The Rock or Brock Lesnar or some, you know, enormous dude in whatever, jo- you know, whatever area of sports they were in, if they suddenly said, hey, uh, I'm, I'm transgender, and we'd all go, okay, cool, that's awesome. I now can call you her and you're off with your life. But if they suddenly got back into the sport they're in, don't they have an advantage? And since then, there's been tons of discussion, both in the chat and outside of the chat, from people with trans people who are trans, helping me understand better the nuance of all of that. It's not as simple as my rock example, which my examples really are as simple as I think they are. And um, yeah. and I I came around on that stuff. So part of this has to be. I think it just has to be. I don't know how you're going to get around this. Not everybody's going to come into the situation with all of the information, with enough personal experience that they that they that they you know know and feel and and um, can understand or uh, relate to how this must feel for those a who are being marginalized or anybody in the scenario. You're not going to have the life experience. So how do they gain understanding? It's through discussion. And shutting down that discussion is not going to help, even when they're saying it wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So part of me is like, yeah, it's a big deal when you get a bunch of kids feeling rotten about an idea that you thought was good on stage. Right. But we can't just, You're, I mean, they, they didn't mean yeah. to, they didn't the, mean the to do something The intentions behind that were great. Let's build on that as opposed to, oh, you guys are idiots. You did everything wrong. Yeah. And, give them a chance to learn. Give them a chance to, and I know that the kids and them learning maybe is more important. I won't, I won't deny that. They've had their chance. They're an adult. They should maybe know more at the stage they're at. But this just throw people in the trash because their life process didn't match up with yours is a bummer. Like, we got to stop doing that, too. That's bad. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. bad. And- it's bad across the board because that just perpetuates itself. So when these kids do something super stupid or they have an opportunity to go one way or the other and they err on the side that they shouldn't have or whatever, Society doesn't just go, you're out of here, get in the trash heap with the rest of them. Like that's, that sucks. We got to not do that. That's bad. I I mean, obviously it's amplified with technology, but I also think it, it exists in the form it does because of it. Like there was no way for us to even know this was happening in Australia (laughs) without some, some way to connect us to that. Right. And I think, so it's in our, it's in our human nature to banish people. It is because they're a threat or there's, they've done, you know, this thing that makes the group unsafe or whatever it may be. That is absolutely built into our DNA. And yet it's not the societies we live in anymore, but we still have that urge, right? Like you're out, you don't, 
uh, agree, blah, 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 or, or you're just a threat to the whatever, right? So you can imagine like with some of these, these kids who have been messing around with being bullies online in really racist directed, terrible ways around here. Um, you know, I don't know what their parents think. I don't know if this is just, Hey, I'm mimicking what my dad taught me. That's possible. But my guess is most of these parents are like, what, (laughs) what has just happened? Because whether they, you know, are annoyed with some of the wokeness or something, I don't think they think threatening other students because of their race is what their kids should be doing. Right. And so there is some, um, openness on the part of adults to try to help kids learn. I think we can, we're, we're a little better at letting kids have space to learn some kids. Um, and then sometimes that's not the case. Right. Uh, and I think we don't give a lot of leeway to adults. Um, but, but if you think about in your own lives, I mean, raise your hand if you've banished anybody in your life in the last year and a half, maybe four years, like it's tempting, right? Because it's so uncomfortable. It feels disconnecting and unsafe. A person you thought you knew suddenly is saying things you cannot believe they're saying. And if you think about where we're, we're at in those moments, psychologically, emotionally, we're in our very fight or flight defense modes, right? Mm-hmm. And that is, it narrows our vision and we, we literally can't see other things. And we lose curiosity, we lose openness, we lose compassion. So our brains, I'm obviously on my right left brain kick at the moment, but um, <laughs> our brains need both sides. Yeah. What's so fascinating, let me just throw out this thing. If there is an injury to the right side of the brain and your left side um, off it is the part that's undam- or not damaged, right? right. Um, those folks will experience just so much more anger and irritation. And those who have a damage to the left side and the right side still intact, don't. They don't have the same kinds of uh, problems. It's really fascinating if, when you look at the brain damage areas of the brain. So that tells us kind of what that area does, right? Um, and that's because anger flares only on the left side. And that's the side that wants order. That's the side that's black and white. That's the side that's logical, right? Um, and I, I do think that's a fascinating find that, you know, are we all operating in our angry left hemisphere sometimes and if if we are more so doing that why um and what does a better brain balance actually look like and so i don't know the answer but i do know um that this stuff is loaded for all of us in different ways i mean take my example in grad school you could not have found a better audience who would have sucked that up and just been like yeah look at all these challenges and like but seal it with something, right? Like they just, it was terrible. It was a terrible version of this attempt, let alone a a school where everyone's going to be really different in different places. So it's just risky um, Mm -hmm. and maybe a great chance for them now to remedy that. I think maybe if we could normalize redemption a little more, it would help. Right? It would help. It, yeah. Nobody's asking. Nobody's chance. saying, hey, I want, I, I'm, I really feel for Harvey Weinstein. I freaking don't. I want to kick him in the nuts. <sighs> Uh, that's not, I don't think that's what you are advocating by saying that or what I'm saying. Uh, I think, I think it's, there's just sort of a, there's a middle space where we just have to, some people just don't have the right language yet. You know what I mean? Like some people were raised in the, I don't know, sixties and seventies and they're old now and they're running a school in Australia and they, they just don't know how to say it because 
they don't have the language of it. The language of it is different and nuanced and new and, 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 you know, I, I just, I have a hard time condemning them. Uh, I can, I, I think it's possible to be very critical of the method without condemning them to an early death. Like, I just think there's, there's more that can be done. Otherwise, what do we even do? Oh, what has happened point? in that school? Right. Right. What mm. led them to that moment? And to me, that's always the more, most interesting question. Like, mm. what happened to Harvey Weinstein? Like, what what is the inner world there that led to that human doing the things that he did? Right. Yeah. And no, me and I get there are people who that they can't be curious about that because it feels too freaky, or right. it's not okay, or he's just the worst. Right. Like everyone's. I I can get. I understand that too. I do think there is that, like, what's the curiosity behind, like when you're saying maybe you don't have the language, Mm -hmm. you didn't have the language to talk about transgendered issues. Mm -hmm. You have more language now. Yeah. I still Um, don't have all of it, but you know, the three of us will never have the right language to understand Mm -hmm. black life in America. Right. Um, But can we get better at it? Can we understand? Yeah. But that takes time and that takes openness and curiosity and listening and not just surrounding yourself with the exact same thoughts of the people that just echo your, what you think or, and, and it comes back to this thing I talked about a couple of weeks ago of just this self um, it's a self protective response, which is what I have experienced is valid. What someone else experiences seems suspect to me, especially if I don't know them. Right. So if you have ever said out loud, which I have said recently about a particular group, <laughs> I'm very concerned about their lack of curiosity and solutions and hypocrisy. And I can say that and I think, say, I'm fine. Like, I'm not doing it. But I'm a hypocrite, right? Any group of people is not a monolith. Um, and I can be frustrated with their decisions or the way things are handled or whatever. It's, this is tough. And who's going to teach our kids this when we struggle with it, right? Right. Uh, I mean, but this is part of being human, part of being in a giant um, group of mixed up types and tribes. Mm -hmm. That's what this is going to require of us. And so, I mean, if individually, if we could each sort of work with the parts of us that are, you know, hurt and try to understand them, or why am I angry about something? You know, why when... This person I know got pulled over by a cop and was like so belligerent and terrible to this cop and and got arrested because he was he had a warrant for his arrest and now is telling everyone like you know that the black people are just victims because he was fine and it was like okay dude do you hear yourself (laughs) and if you can't hear yourself right if you can't see that your own bias or look in the mirror or be curious at all or curious enough about others because it may actually impact you. I mean, we kind of get in our tribes and we stay stuck and then, yeah, I don't know. But you got to just be willing to, two things have to happen. You have to be willing to be open to somebody correcting you. And those doing the correcting have to be willing to be open to the idea that you can be corrected. Like even if you don't, or even if you can't be open to the idea that it's possible. That's all I think. I think the world would benefit on both ends of this problem. If there was just more of that, more, more of, of everybody everywhere going, I'm different. I don't know. Admitting you don't know stuff mm-hmm. and then admitting it's possible yeah. that the person who said a thing doesn't know either. And they just don't know on a different level. And maybe, you know, things they don't know. And 
It doesn't mean they're there for the bin. You can work with yeah. them, you yeah. know? And if you can't, if you, you can't, but it's worth it. It's but worth if you trying. spent an entire day, like an entire day, just with like a notepad, and every time someone said something, did something that got your hackles up, just bugged you a little bit, right? Just write them all down and then get really curious at the end of the day. Like, mm. what is that about? So, for mm. example, I am notoriously nice. <laughs> yes, kidding. you have quite the, the you have part, such the right. The, like, when, you give me you joke, but I don't doubt that one bit. <laughs> you give me a face to face interaction, and I will feel compassion immediately, and I can I can do I'm socially appropriate. Like, this I have true. that down, right? But mm-hmm. you put me in a car, and someone drives badly, yeah. and they are the devil. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I would write that down. That would be part of my mm-hmm. day. I would write down like. What is wrong with that driver? Yeah. They should not have a license and blah, 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 because I am in a hurry or something, right? <laughs> That's right. So at the end where of the I'm day, going if I get, is way like, more important than where you're going. And I don't exactly. know where you're going, but yeah. yeah. Exactly. So the curiosity yeah. at the end of the day would look like, okay, what is that about for me? Because guess mm-hmm. what? That person keeps changing. It's a different person every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's clearly not them. Mm-hmm. It's got to be me. Mm. So, so what is it happening? Well, it's because I'm always late and I always need to hurry <laughs> and it's always important. Yeah. yeah. So my yeah. self-importance and my lack of planning equals me thinking every driver is bad. Guess what happened yesterday? I had to take my sweet Allie. She had to get an MRI and I did something I've never done. <laughs> you left early? I left so early <laughs> that I was confused and I kept thinking, what do people do when yeah. they just sit here in a waiting room? It was terrible. And I didn't have to panic, nothing. And guess what? There was not a single bad driver on the road. Yeah. How is that possible? You didn't, you didn't figure out some way to work in a, a Starbucks uh, drive through during that to, make, to return yourself back to being late? Yeah. I was so demented. And I was like, I need to bring three books. And okay. And then what else can I do? Like, should I run an errand? It was, but I stopped all of it and I was like, you know what? This is a big deal. We need to be there on time, you know, whatever. And we get there and I just had time. And she was like thanking me for taking her to her MRI. It was so sweet. And it was like, oh, because she doesn't have to like handle me being pissed (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I was late and I'm mad at the world, right? Mm -hmm. It's so stupid and I know it, but that's, this is everyone's homework this week. I want people to try this where you just take a conversation that bugs you and give a couple hours in between when you would analyze this and just get really curious and like, what is this feeling telling me? Mm-hmm. And you can ask it. Remember Scott, when you talked to your foot that one time, mm-hmm. take a minute and just like <laughs> check in with the irritation. I talk to him like, all the time oh, now. Want, we've we've developed a real strong yeah, relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you it's just because now it's it. talking back. Yeah. It's it won't shut thing. up. That's the problem. Shut up foot. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So I, I, if in my case, it would have been, all right, what is this irritation about this driver about? Well, it's about my safety, isn't it? Yeah. In the end, and yeah, probably. I'm putting myself in this position. Yeah. <laughs> and this part's like, I got to protect you because you're an idiot. So yeah. here we go. I'm going to get you all riled up. So you got adrenaline in case there's a car crash, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like this thing is working for me, mm-hmm. but I have created this scenario and I need to get curious about it. Like, you know, what is this actually about? So let's take that event. So, so this has been true with the vaccine, right? So the vaccine, I, I don't take medicine, 
I'm uh, like, I have to take vitamins now. turns out I have like no vitamin D in my whole body. <laughs> yeah, I did it. I went to the probably. doctor finally. You know what doctors do? They find out things that are wrong and then make you take vitamin D. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm taking vitamin D and every day I'm like, I don't want to take this. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I got to figure out what that's about. But mm-hmm. so the vaccine comes along and I'm like, yes, everyone get a vaccine. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I don't actually like things like this. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got to work with, and, and so like, take that. I have some awareness about that. And this other part of me, herd immunity, making sure other people are safe, making sure my family's safe. Like that means more to me than I don't want to get a shot. And so I can override it. But there are plenty of us out there that there is there's some reason there's something going on and if we can't get curious we won't we'll just stick with our tribe and our guns and we do whatever we our gut reaction tells us it is and without curiosity sometimes those gut reactions are overly protective and look like some bad stuff and make society hard i should have mentioned too about the foot uh that stopped it i haven't had a problem with that foot since and I don't mean, I don't mean like conversations with it. I mean, like the reason I talked to it in the first place, because you said, Hey, is there something on you that like hurts or is bugging you or whatever? Yeah. And my left foot had been driving me crazy. I didn't sleep well at night. It was almost like permanent restless foot syndrome. It was like constant. I didn't want to ask a doctor about it. I want to deal with it. I just knew it was like buzzing because I'm weird. And then when you had us do that, um, it like legit worked. Like from that, from that day forward, my foot doesn't do that anymore. It's really, it's really weird. Like it's almost magical. I know it isn't. It but. just wanted to. And here's my unifying theory. <laughs> my, my unifying theory of the universe is this: everyone, including our feet, <laughs> just want to be heard. Mm-hmm. Just want to be listened to. Just want to be seen. Mm. Right. Yeah. And so. When you do this kind of event in a gymnasium anywhere in the world, especially Australia, I don't know why especially, but you are trying to get these girls to be heard and seen. That's what you're trying to do. But you might have missed that those boys also need to be heard and seen. And that when everyone's heard and seen, they tend to calm down Mm -hmm. just like your foot. Hmm. And so that, that is our greatest challenge. And that includes internally. So notice I'm not listening to or seeing the certain parts of me that need to get in the car and hurry, right? I'm not actually taking care of myself. So this other part's like, fine, we're going to hate everyone as we get on the road then, because this is how we're going to keep safe. So it's a dumb example, but it really is the example of what we all are doing on an individual level that then shows up in the world. And that's why someone can sit in the dark and write horrible things on a computer to other people is that they aren't being seen or heard and they don't know how to do that with themselves either. Right. Because I can't do it with a driver and I th- I can do it face to face and I'm not going to do it online. Mm-hmm. Like we're all at different places and that's okay. But I mean, it really does start with this idea. And think about anyone you know, if you could really listen to them, would could they calm down? Yeah, they would. Because they wouldn't feel like we were saying with experts and people who were being talked down to, you know, like there's this. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, really listen. So I'm going to recommend something that I thought was fascinating and also made me feel hopeless at the same time, which Sweet. is the second act of the This American Life episode recently. Yeah. Um, the first act will make you want to punch people who drive Teslas in the face. Yeah. <laughs> um, the second act, though, it's it's whatever the most recent version uh, episode is, not the re I think there's a rewind this week. But the second um, act of it, 
is this attempt to get people who are hesitant about the vaccines to get a vaccine mm-hmm. um, and what it takes and what they are thinking. And like, they're, it's, it's fascinating. Mm. So somebody, somebody listen to it and then we'll have a conversation. About all it. right. Yeah. All you Tesla lovers, give that a shot and uh, we'll, we'll look at it. Well, it's not all, te- not all <laughs> Tesla owners. I Just like you'll te- get confused. I, if I could get a Tesla, I would get one because I like electric cars, but I get your point. I get your meaning. Yeah. 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 There's a certain um air to it. <laughs> well, you don't get mad. I mean Nobody feels this way about the Nissan Leaf, is what I'm saying. I'm gonna tell you right now. We have a Nissan Leaf, <laughs> and know. trust me, no one is trying to punch <laughs> us in the face. Because right, right. All they're right. thinking is you guys can only go a hundred miles and then you gotta charge for eight right. hours. That seems cool. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me so mad. Yeah. I want how has that been? Like just from a just as an owner of an electric vehicle, have you guys I mean, obviously you've probably seen the gas savings and stuff, but like overall, how's that experience been? Do you like it? Yeah, we got it. And then there was a pandemic, so we never drove it again. And <laughs> Perfect. No, um, Perfect timing. Yeah. no, we really saved a lot of money because no one commutes anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it, Adam got it to commute and the gas savings is, is astonishing. But I have to say it is it is hard to only have 107 miles. Yeah, I was going to say, do you ever say, oh, it'll be really fun to do a road trip. Oh, uh, no. Or like the kids have these different camping things in faraway places coming this summer. And I'm like, literally, one of us cannot drive the other kid to camp. It's not going to happen. So there are, it's definitely inconvenient in that regard. Which So I get the Tesla, I get the better battery thing, but it yeah. is. I have to say what's the most fun about it is the quietness. Now I think every car is just ridiculous. How loud yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. yeah. Did so they, some, some states or I don't know if this happened. Wasn't the deal that some states were going to make electric car makers, uh, make the cars produce more engine noise, just fake engine noise because they were worried about people getting hit more often because they yeah. don't hear the car. Right. Cause concern. they walk in front of a yeah, silent yeah. car. It is a concern. And everyone has headphones in. I mean, it is dangerous yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but it has a little fake beepy thing when you go backwards. <laughs> oh, a fake. <laughs> it's thing. like, it's like, okay, this is what it is. It's like, it's like a, a devoted, loving dad car. Yeah. And then the Tesla is the cheating new midlife crisis car. <laughs> that feels to me. Yeah. So we're, we're going to stick with her. I mean, it's a, there's some marketing there. There's some Elon Musk <laughs> there. There's other, there's factors there that just uh, affect the, the way that those cars are perceived, but it is pretty funny yeah. how, how different it seems anyway, that if you are a Tesla owner versus a leaf owner a leaf. or a, mm-hmm. a, a volt or a volt. D- any of these mm-hmm. other dumb cars uh, or even a hybrid. And it doesn't help that like, yeah. I really do know quite a few, like that's what they do when they are leaving their wife is they get their Tesla or that's what like a Tesla. Tesla is the new way. <laughs> it's the new, it. it's the new convertible. It's the new midlife crisis. It really is. And you just huh. look around, look a little deeper, scratch below the surface. You will be shocked what you will find. Uh, well, but also planning on getting a Tesla. Now, now uh, do you not get a Tesla? I will punch you says about me. <laughs> However, I'm in I'm in Norway when we were living over there, and everyone has a Tesla in Norway. By the way, it's like not even cool. And this dude's driving by in a brand new one, the shiniest paint job you've ever seen, with a full on wheelbarrow strapped to the roof, <laughs> like metal oh, no. to metal. Oh my and god! It's because it's not that big a deal. That's what they drive. And so I always think, if we can be Norway, that's wow. fine. But. We're not. We're not Norway. We're not yeah. Norwegian. I don't want no scratched roof of my car. Are you no. kidding me? What are you? It was so funny. No, oh, wow. you don't want Take that. That's how you know people ski. 
Uh, all right. Well, this has all been good. Uh, do your homework, everybody, and listen to those episodes of This American Life. But also, uh, check out realsteps.org. Yeah, your write other homework. Down your, yeah. Yeah, write down, write down your stuff and review it at the end of the day. Then go to realsteps.org and decide if that's for you as well. Uh, Wendy, anything to say about that this week? We've, we have started May's round and we've got a ton of new people and it's so fun so far. It's awesome. So the next round will be in August, but you can go to real steps and put your email in and you'll get maybe one email right before August. <laughs> oh, well, very nice. To remind you, maybe two. Um, yeah, that, that's our next round. So we do it every quarter, um, February, May, August, and November's the super fun because it's Thanksgiving <laughs> and it's all about how to really enjoy Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Not yeah. to feel sick and fall on the couch, but to like savor every last minute of that dinner. Oh, so anyway, wow. It's a lot of fun. So Sign up or, I don't know, listen to me talk about it yeah, every week. Either way, <laughs> you're, you're good. Uh, I get these emails from it from Wendy, and it's like a weird little, oh, there's my sister uh, sending me interesting things about realsteps.org. You too can be those people. So uh, go sign up. Hey, uh, Wendy, have a fantastic week. And may all of your school assemblies be non-controversial by now. <laughs> I stunned her into silence there. She didn't know what to say. You did. Uh, all right, Brian, we have come to the close of today's proceedings. Um, yeah. And really, there's nothing much else to say except for this. It's sort of a new month. We're six days in. But uh, if you haven't already done it, head on over to patreon.com slash TMS. Great content like today's is only possible because you support us via the Patreon. Patreon.com slash TMS. Uh, don't be afraid. Head on over there and check it out. We're also at frogpants.com slash TMS. And before we go, we're doing one of these. I like to eat. We're going to eat <laughs> this right here. My, the, my sneaky way of... Uh, yeah, that was good. You got it in for your last yeah. second. Uh, yeah, what's that? Let's like, do the beef. A bag of beef. A bag of beef. Thick sliced beef jerky. Uh, Tara or Tara. We don't know for sure. Sent these in. No, we know for sure it's Tara. Oh, it is Tara. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna. She has confirmed. I'm going to open this bag of beef, Japanese beef. Do you beef. think this is real meat in this bag? Ooh, I hope so. The, like, there's like a word, like it says the yeah. something beef. Yeah, the <laughs> Japanese beef. Yeah, um, I'm taking, I'm doing a little uh, Google Translate on this while as I oh, open it. Oh, it smells good. Oh, it smells sure. Good. I'm going to eat this. Real beef smell. All right, I'm going to take a bite here. Let's see what we got. It's a little um, red. The snacks, even though it's thick, eat it, is what it says. <laughs> That's what I always say. Even though it's thick. <laughs> it's a bummer. I can't get that one back. So now it just says, easy to eat, though it is thick. Though it is thick. <laughs> I'll nice. send you a screenshot. This is very good. I'll eat that whole bag by the end of the day. Is it, is it Kobe? It's probably not Kobe. No. It's like, um, it's just beef, beef. Mm-hmm. It's good though. It's not. I don't even. I'm not even really getting the teriyaki out of it. Mm-mm. I guess it's not supposed to be teriyaki necessarily. That's funny. I assume that because it's Japanese. Oh, it must be teriyaki. Right, right. It's good, right? It's really good. Yep. And I think it's real. I think it's real meat. Yeah, it's right, beef. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's like real finish beef. that one later because can't really. <laughs> finish a show while I chew on a piece of beef jerky. No, it's a lot harder, it turns out. It's All not right. as good as the stuff Jesse Call sent us. I'm just going to say that right now. Oh, I've got a whole bag of it right here, and I've been 
It's bad for me, actually, because I played, um, I was playing ESO last night and I just had this bag of jerky and there was just no denying it. I'm like, am I You're not putting it in the freezer? You got to put it in the freezer. Oh, you really? Why the freezer? Because yeah, he emailed and said, make sure you guys keep it in the freezer. <laughs> oh, did he? Mm hmm. Well, so far, I haven't died. I'll put it in the freezer. Okay. Good. Yeah, just put it in the freezer. Okay. I didn't know that was a thing. I mean, it's cured, so it should be fine, but his recommendation to make it last longer or something was uh, oh, okay. put it in the freezer. I oh. sent you a text of the uh, oh. the bag. Let's take a look at your bag. Brian always sends me pictures of his bag. He's always like, get pictures of my bag, he'll my say, sack. He'll say, does this look infected and things like that? <laughs> is this is this supposed to look like this? Yeah. And I'm happy to help. It's not a problem. I don't uh-huh. mind yeah, no. yeah, it's, looking uh, at your very bag. very generous of you to offer your insight on my bag. I have no like professional experience in bag Sure. Inspection, sure. but uh, I'm happy to do it. Um, no, so, but you're the closest person I can show my bag right, to. Is, right. You don't want to just show your bag to anybody. No. People you trust. Gosh, People no. You trust. Silly. There it is. Easy to eat, though it is thick. The Snacks Beef. Thick sliced beef jerky. Thick sliced beef jerky. Ten. <laughs> Ten. Strengthen. <laughs> What's with the strengthen? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, popular products. Ten. Strengthen. Oh, Japan. Never change. Okay, that's it. Yeah, that's it. We're done. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's do a song. Do you have a song? I do have a song. Oh, that's great. Uh, that's that great. song is. It was actually for whatever reason I was already in the uh, title for. I forgot that we actually do. I really did forget that we actually do one more thing here. Mm. Um, hey, look, senior geek wrote in man, and he said. Uh, as of April 29th, just a few days ago, about a week ago, I am a fully trained member of the Millennium Falcon flight crew in Black Spire Outpost on the outer rim planet of Batu. Whoa. He has the job that we all dream of. Uh, the closest thing I can find to a cover of the Millennium Falcon theme is Andrew Allen's TIE fighter, tie fighter attack from the album Live from the Cantina. If Brian has a better idea, feel free to substitute. Oh, Brian does not have a better idea. Mm. Disneyland opens to the public on April 30th. When you get the chance, come visit me in Black Spire Outpost. You know I'm coming, Gary, but it won't be until after June... Oh, June 4th or June 6th or something. I'm not going there until uh, the Avengers area opens, and then I'm going to see the Star Wars area, and then I'm going to see the Avengers area, and my life will be complete. Yep. Then you can then you can reasonably die with, with happiness. Then I, can re- then I can say, ah, I've done it, and the <laughs> plane can fall into the Pacific Ocean on its way back to Denver. Yep. No rush on this request. Whenever you can fit it in, signed Gary Fisher. Nice. Well, Gary... Uh, uh, one of our longtime listeners, I'm not going to call him one of our oldest listeners, but one of our longtime listeners and a great recommendation for a song. Yeah. This came out on the Andrew Allen tribute jazz tribute to star Wars called live from the cantina mm-hmm. even features some brilliant artwork on the cover by one Scott Johnson. <gasps> yeah. And, uh, but inspired greatly uh, by the Brian, my Mr. Brian Ibbett, by the way. Oh, well, what, you know, thank you. Um, I also still have some cover or some albums and some of the, uh, print packs that we had that has Scott's art as well as Steve Hammaker's art of, uh, Luke and R2D2. So uh, hit me up and we'll talk, uh, not giving it to you free, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) anyway, let's do this. Here it is. Here's tie fighter attack by the Andrew Allen trio. Awesome. Uh, Happy birthday. Happy birthday. 
There. There's no birthday. Oh, there was no birthday. He's crap. Just, no, he's just working he's at just the, working he's at working the, the yeah. Millennium Falcon flight crew. Happy, happy, uh, happy new position day. Happy getting out of of the Toy Story Woody lot. Did Woody lot. Day. Do I have anything with Woody in it? Hold on. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's Woody Harrelson. Oh, that's Woody Harrelson. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering what the heck that was. Yeah, that was really weird. All right. Anyway, here's your song. We'll see you guys Monday. Unless you come to TMSPM tomorrow and you're a patron, then you can be here for that at uh, 2.30 Mountain. 3.30 Mountain, sorry. Tomorrow uh, afternoon. And uh, check out the instance tomorrow morning. We'll also have a core tonight. Lots going on. We'll see you then. show is part of the frog pants network frog pants network get more shows like this at frogpants.com fish fresh fish oh hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince i'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing i love that luxury quality within reach go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order quince.com style